The college baseball experience on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Shady Rays. SGPN is teeping up with Shady Rays for Shady May. Get 50% off your Shady Rays using promo code SGPN and then go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash shady for your chance to win $500. We're also brought to you by Edge Boost. Edge Boost enables you to double your bet with no interest. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to get started today. All right, already. Welcome back to a brand new episode of the College Baseball Experience. And let's get right into it. The thumbnail on the YouTube uh, for the College Baseball Experience is a weekend review thumbnail. I was under the weather, still kind of am. Um, but we have a special edition. It's the first ever time this season where we had odds fully the night before the game where I could handicap every game and it feels like postseason. I'm wearing my school's hat. They actually just got eliminated in the regional final on Wednesday night. Um, but I have the postseason baseball juice flowing and this is going to be the format that we use throughout the postseason. I will be going live in the middle of the night after I've handicapped every game talking about the tournament formats, each tournament's game, handicapping them, giving up betting picks in on all of these games, um, and then even through the NCAA tournament. So conference tournaments every day, NCAA tournament every day, every day there's a game. I will be live. I am your host, Noah Beanick. You can follow me on Twitter at 77NB. And yes, the subtitle on the YouTube screen previewing every college baseball game with betting odds for may 18th we have 28 games on the slate and i have a handicap for every single one of them so let's not waste any time even though earlier on in the week i planned on doing an episode recapping the weekend i did bracketology i grabbed a couple of futures that i was gonna do some analysis on but we have 28 games to dive into and i cannot wait because like i mentioned postseason baseball juices our are flowing inside my veins right now. So game number one on Thursday that we have betting odds for five o'clock Eastern minus two fifteen Campbell at USC upstate plus one seventy five. The Campbells own a two game lead over the Spartans in the big South for the regular season championship. Just one win for Campbell would clinch their fifth straight conference title before they join the colonial in the 2024 season. Campbell is a whopping 12-0 in the first game of the weekend so far this season, and that's a big reason why I've parlayed them many times throughout the year. Upstate, they're 10-3 and in game ones this year, and that's also really good behind Reese Dutton. He's going to get the ball here for the Spartans. He's 9-3 and on the year with a 332 ERA, 87 strikeouts, 24 walks, and 78.2 innings pitched. Cade Cooler will start for the Camels, and he's 7-0 and on the year with a 321 ERA, 76 strikeouts, 19 walks, and 56 innings pitched. I'm picking Campbell in this game. I'm not betting it, though, because uh, you either – you're you're not going to bet it at minus two fifteen. You're either going to put it in a parlay or not. Um, but Dutton and Upstate are for real, and I feel like this price on Campbell is what we've seen them for most of the season, and it's just not worth it here on Friday. If Dutton deals, I think Up Upstate's live on uh, Thursday. Um, I just I just don't see it uh, against the top five offense in the country. So I think Campbell's going to win it, but I don't think minus 215 is worthy to put it into a parlay. The second game on the slate at 530 Eastern is Notre Dame, who's minus 105 at Boston College, who's minus 125. The Eagles are on the fringe of hosting, 
and the Fighting Irish, yeah, they're on the bubble for the NCAA tournament right now. It would be awesome if BC could find a way to host because according to their series write-up, it would be the first time a Northeastern team hosts a regional since Maine in 1991. Notre Dame this season is 10-13 and 13 on the road. Boston College 11-7 and seven at home. Notre Dame 8-5 and five in Game 1s and BC just 5-8. and eight. And that's mainly because their Game 1 starter, Henry Leak, has a 6-66 ERA in 10 starts this season. Aiden Tyrell for Notre Dame is 7-2 with a 3.47 ERA, 51 strikeouts, 23 walks, and 59.2 innings pitched. So I like this minus 105 price on Notre Dame. They're a team fighting for their postseason lives. So give me minus 105 for the fighting Irish here. The next game on our slate is at 6 o'clock. We have Marshall at plus 340 traveling to Coastal Carolina minus 450 on the money line. For these two games, for these games with wild odds, I just I'm not going to go too in depth on them because you're not going to bet the favorite straight up. It's either a parlay piece or a pizza bet on the underdog or just a plain old pass. This minus 450 price is usable for a parlay piece because Marshall's game one starter is Patrick Copen. He's 2-8 and eight on the year with a 581 ERA. And Coastal, they have been one of the best offenses in the country so far this year. I expect them to pounce early and often on Copen. So that's going to be a parlay piece. We'll get to that at the end of the year. We're at the end of the podcast where we're going to review my entire betting card. You guys can copy whatever. I'm going to tell you how many units I'm putting on it, and we're going to track it throughout the tournament, uh, conference tournaments and NCAA tournament uh, when those begin. Because honestly – Half the time when we give out bets on this one, I don't tell you guys how to bet it and how, uh, how to use your units. You can choose whatever you want to do. Um, but I, I think it's baseball. It's a money line betting sport. You got to use units to be able to track your performance. Um, and speaking of tracking performance, you might want to do it with this new sponsor that we've picked up. It's Edge Boost. Edge, SGPN is excited to announce an exclusive early access partnership with Edge Boost, the world's first bet now, pay later Visa card. Similar to buy now, pay later programs like Affirm and Afterpay, Edge Boost enables you to double your bet with no interest and pay back the adv- advance over four equal weekly installments. That's right, zero in, 0% interest. Simply deposit the funds into your account and Edge Boost will match the deposit so you can double the funds on any legal sports betting site. Edge currently offers up to $2,500 in advances as you build a repayment history. My Edge Boost double down play of the day is, well, we're going to talk about them at the end of the day um, with the card at the end of the show. With this special offer, the first 500 SGPN users will start at a $1,000 advance limit, and the next 2,500 users will start at $500. So go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to sign up today. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge. You must be 21 years old years old or older to use this, only valid in legal gambling states. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Back to the college baseball games. Um, we have a got to flip the page six o'clock start time for Virginia Tech. They're plus 170 on the money line, visiting Wake Forest minus 210. 
both teams uh, game write-ups didn't include a projecting starting pitcher. So that leaves me to do it and project it, predict it. That's what we're going to have to do a lot during the tournament. But oftentimes you can find some advantages and where there's mispriced teams in, in some of these games. And that's where you're really making your money throughout the postseason. So, I, I think it's pretty easy for me here with Wake Forest. I think we see Rhett Louder, who's 11-0 on the year with a 141 ERA, 96 strikeouts, 16 walks, and 89.2 innings pitched. For Virginia Tech, I think it's going to be Anthony Argelis. He started three of the last four game ones, but Drew Hackenberg started last week in game one. Uh, he got blown up. So I think we see Argelis. Um here he's three and one on the year with a 464 ERA and 12 starts with 57 strikeouts, 26 walks, and 54.1 innings pitched. This isn't the game to fade wake. I'm going to maybe look to do it in game three. I expect the Deeks to win uh, games one and two behind Louder and Hartle. They're two of the best pitchers in the nation. But on senior day for Wake Forest, I think their focus we may be elsewhere. Um, and on the festivities going around because they're already the one seed in the ACC tournament. They're probably already the one seed in the NCAA tournament, whereas the Hokies, they're fighting to make the NCAA tournament. Or they're fighting to make the ACC and NCAA tournament. I think they're desperate. I think they need to steal at least one game, probably two, to feel comfortable in the ACC field. Behind that offense with a 964 OPS, I think they have the ability to take at least one. I'm looking towards game three where they do that, though. The next game on our slate is 6 o'clock where Pittsburgh plus 165 is at NC State minus 205 on the money line. These two teams both have 10 wins and the winner of this series, 10 wins in the ACC, and the winner of this series will probably play in the ACC tournament, and the loser probably goes home. They start their golf season early. Uh, Pitt is just seven and twelve on the road, with a uh, while NC State is twenty three and seven at home. The Panthers are seven and six in game ones this season, and the Wolfpack is six and seven. Jack Sokol will start for Pitt, and he's five and four on the year with a seven thirty nine ERA, sixty one strikeouts, twenty seven walks, and fifty nine point two innings pitched. And opponents have a three twenty four batting average against him. It's just terrible. NC State will go with Logan Whitaker, who is three and three with a five sixteen ERA, sixty five strikeouts, eleven walks, and sixty six point one innings pitched. Pitt has the second worst team batting average with a two fifty nine in the ACC. They also have the worst team ERA with a seven oh four in the ACC. I think Pac nine dominates this weekend, and they may even sweep. But the minus two oh five price on a team below five hundred in conference play just isn't worth the squeeze here. So we move on to another six o'clock start. LSU minus three hundred at Georgia plus two thirty five. Two words: Paul Skeens. He's been dominant this year. LSU has only one, has only lost one of his starts. Skeens is ten and one on the year with a one sixty nine ERA, hundred and fifty two strikeouts. It's just insane. I don't know if there's another starter over hundred yet. Um, he's got hundred and fifty two strikeouts and seventy nine point two innings pitched with only fourteen walks. I've said it all year, and way before the last two letdowns from LSU and over the weekends with Mississippi State and Auburn. I think you parlay them in game one with uh, Skeens, and then they're just not worth it to bet money on them in games two and three. You just can't trust their bullpen, and they don't have a third starter. A really good offense can only get you so far. I think this might be a team that struggles to get out of a regional. I really do. I, I think they serve, I think they're a little bit better suited for a three-game super regional, 
but the regional, I think they struggle with the pitching depth. I don't know if they're going to be able to make the get, make it out of there. Um, next game here is also a six o'clock start. We have plus one hundred five on North Carolina. They're visiting Clemson, who's minus one thirty-five. Shout out Eric Backage. He's on the thumbnail for what was supposed to be a a, a weekend recap and midweek podcast. Um, but yeah, I was just under the weather uh, and couldn't uh, prep for a solo pod to do that. But the Tigers, they have won six series in a row, and they've won 14 of the last 15 games, setting themselves up to be the nat- a national top eight seed, or, or at least in the conversation. North Carolina, they're 6-6 six and six in game ones this season. Clemson, 7-6 and six in game ones, and they've won four game ones in a row behind Ethan Darden, who has a 6-14 ERA in those four games and a 5-44 ERA on the season, so it's not incredible. North Carolina should put up some runs as they have a 286 batting average and an 892 OPS as a squad. Max Carlson on the season has a 4-1 and record in 11 starts with a 5-69 ERA, 65 strikeouts, 26 walks, and 61.2 innings pitched. He's going to start for the Tar Heels. Clemson has the third-best team batting average in the ACC with a 306 with an 862 OPS. So I expect a lot of offense in this game, and I would love an over of 13.5 or lower set lower than 13 and a half and i would take the over on that uh and i lean towards my guy eric backage i'll just say this i don't know how many times i'm gonna fade these guys for the rest of the podcast this season so uh i'm just a sucker for them uh the next game on here also speaking of me being a sucker for a team just a closet Florida Gators fan, they are minus 125 on the money line at 630 Eastern at Kentucky minus 105. Both of these squads are on the cusp of a top eight national seed, and both teams have been dominant at home this season. The Cats will bat second in the series, and they're 24 and 4 when they do. The Gators, they're 9 and 6 on the road and 10 and 3 in game ones this season. In a weird situation, Kevin O'Sullivan will keep Brandon Sprout going on a Friday as he's elected to pitch Hurston Waldrop on Thursday as his start last Saturday was washed out due to rain. He only threw 10 pitches there. He had two strikeouts in that game, but yeah, he didn't throw nearly close to a full game there. Um, But, you know, as, as I mentioned, a closet Gators fan, I've noticed that Hurston Waldrop's mechanics are just a little bit different than how he's pitched in the past. And he has an 801 year ERA in his last four appearances. I don't know if that's something that he's working with or something that's bothering him, but Kentucky, they're eight and five in game ones this season, but they've lost four of their last five uh, series openers. They've tinkered with that game one starter in every one of those games. They'll start Travis Smith here and he's four and two with a 481 ERA, 35 strikeouts, 22 walks and 39.1 innings pitched this season. It's an interesting game because I think we catch a low A stay total from the books uh, because they're not going to, I don't think they're going to pay attention to these minor uh, rotation changes because both teams are not starting their aces in game one. They'll elect to do that in game two on Friday um, on normal days rest. So I'm not going to bet Kentucky at minus 105, but I think the price, I think it should be larger. I think they should be somewhat of plus money here. Um, So if that gets larger, closer to the game time, uh, I would take the plus money with Kentucky, but I'm definitely looking at an over because I think this game might come in at like a 10 and a half. And both these offenses are good enough to take advantage of the starting pitcher number two, like the typical Saturday starters on a Friday night line, if that makes sense. It's just one of those things where you can catch some of the books uh, not paying fully attention to uh, some of the lines that they're setting. So 
when the totals come out, usually Caesars posts uh, can the totals more consistently. Um, DraftKings has stopped posting totals, at least for the regular season, but Caesars, MGM, and Bet Rivers slash Barstool is where you're going to find them. Um, so, yeah, uh, the over for Florida and Kentucky is what I'd be eyeing there. So we move on to 7 o'clock Eastern. TCU minus 175 takes on Kansas State plus 140 in Manhattan, the Little Apple. I mentioned how we could catch the books and mispricing a total last game, but I think the money line on this game is mispriced. Kansas State 18-6 and six at home. TCU is 6-8 and eight on the road and just 5-8 and eight in game ones of the series, whereas the Wildcats are 10-3 and three behind their ace, Owen Barema, who's 7-1 with a 4 442 ERA, 84 strikeouts, 28 walks, and 75.1 innings pitched. K-State has won five game ones in a row, and Barema has a 360 ERA in those four in his last four starts. TCU will start Luis Rodriguez, who has only started four games all year. He has a 309 ERA in those four starts, but K-State has been so good on ace days. Like I said, they had that 10 and 3 record, and they have a really good home record as well. I love the value on K-State plus 140 on the money line. Another 7 o'clock game here. Tennessee minus 110 visits South Carolina minus 120 on the money line. The headline of the series is that the Vols, they're pushing to be a regional host, whereas South Carolina is desperately trying not to slip out of the top eight national seeds. Tennessee is a pitiful 2-11 on the road. Um and South Carolina is 25 and five at home, but the Gamecocks, they've lost seven of the last eight games. They are nine and four on ace days, but they've lost three game ones in a row. Tennessee, eight and five on ace days, um, and they've won four game ones in a row. So, two teams that are going totally different directions in some of the trends, but Tennessee just doesn't win on the road. They just don't. They're two and 11 on the year. Um, but Andrew Lindsay, uh, during those, uh, that stretch of four game ones, one in a row since he's been put into that uh, top spot in the starting rotation, uh, game one starter. He lost the game at Arkansas, but the next four games, he's had a 352 ERA and he's had a two in, 298 ERA on the season with 49 strikeouts, 16 walks, and 48.1 innings pitched. Eli Jones will start his fifth game of the season for the Gamecocks, and he's given up one run in each of his last two starts, but they've come against uh, the Citadel. Wait, he's given up one run in each of his last two starts, um, but he's made four starts this season against the Citadel, Winthrop, Mississippi State, and Arkansas. He's given up one runs, uh, one run to the Dogs and the Hogs. They were impressive starts, but he only threw four and five innings. We can add Chris Veach to the injury report for the Gamecocks bullpen. Uh, the list just continues for uh, South Carolina with the injuries. So I question the bullpen behind Jones. So give me Tennessee at minus 110 to pick up their third road win of the season. I feel pretty good about that one, even though I've been fading Tennessee for most of the middle of the year, uh, mainly on the road. But uh, not a bad spot for them here. Also at 7 o'clock, Florida State plus 130 on the money line visits Louisville, minus 160. Real quick uh, on this game, the Cards basically need a sweep to get into the ACC tournament, but I ain't betting them at this price. That's just crazy talk, minus 160 on a team that only has nine wins in the conference. Same with UConn at minus 195, which is the next game on the slate. They're on the road. There's no way I'm betting them at Charles Schwab Field after struggling against Butler last week. I would even say a pizza bet on Creighton plus 160 with Ryan Windham, who is a 5-3 and three record with a 3.76 ERA compared to UConn's Andrew Sears with a 6.62. He's 2-0 and oh in 12 starts this year, but 
I would I would look at Creighton plus one sixty is not a bad look at all. Um, before we get into some other games on the day, let me tell you about Shady Rays. We're teaming up with Shady uh, Shady Rays for Shady May. Not only do you get an amazing 50% off, but you have a chance to win $500. Shady Rays has you covered from the sun to the slopes with premium polarized shades, customizable snow goggles, and much more. Shady Rays has durable frames and extremely clear optics for your outdoor adventures. And that's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by their lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, one, they told us that they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after your purchase. And if you don't love them, exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. Their team always has your back. And for our international listeners, Shady Rays has you covered as well with shipping to Canada, Australia, New Zealand, and United Kingdom. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code SGPN for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Then take your receipt to SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash Shady for your chance to win the $500 Shady May contest. Also, just a random plug for the SGPN store. I'm wearing a college baseball experience shirt. We just have a brand new line that launched in a bunch of different colors for your campus uh, or college uh, colors. So go over there, look at it. Uh, pretty cheap prices, polyester shirts. Uh, gotta love it. So rep the brand out in the public, whether you're going to a game or just watching it at home. Um, on... Uh, Onwards and upwards. Seven o'clock. Also, we have Duke minus 105 on the money line at Miami, Florida minus 125. Both the Blue Devils and the Hurricanes are on the fringe of a top 16 seed in the NCAA tournament. And I would imagine that the loser of this series can kiss that hosting hopes goodbye. Duke is nine and five on the road, and Miami is 26 and four at home with a nine and four record on ace days, winning five game ones in a row. Duke is seven and five on ace day, and they will run out Alex Gao. Uh, in game one, he's three and three on the year with a 480 ERA, 46 strikeouts, 23 blocks, and 45 innings pitched. Greg Zeal will start for the Canes, and he's seven and four with a 478 ERA, 83 strikeouts, 18 walks, in 75.1 innings pitched. I really like Miami here in game one, and I just get the feeling that after a series loss to Georgia Tech, Duke's gonna have I, they might have peaked a little bit too early. So I like Miami, Florida, minus 125 on the winning line here in game one against the Blue Devils. Also at 7 o'clock, the series of the of the weekend. Uh, Arkansas, minus 110 at Vanderbilt, minus 120. Vanderbilt, they just got swept by Florida, and they lost control of their own destiny in the SEC, whereas Arkansas, they have their sights set on an outright title as they're just a game. Uh, they're a game and a half up on LSU in the SEC West. They're also one game up on Florida and two up on Vandy. This is a huge series, and the Hogs pitching staff is rolling. Vandy's is scuffling. Arkansas is six and seven on the road this year, whereas Vandy is twenty-three and five at home. Arkansas is eleven and two on Ace Day. Vanderbilt just seven and six. Patrick Riley will start again this week. He gets the ball in game one. 
for Vanderbilt against the Hogs after getting ra- uh, rocked for eight runs in four innings against Florida. Uh, Patrick Riley for Vanderbilt is three and two with a 6.43 ERA on the season. Hagen Smith once again will start Game One, and he's not going to be the closer this weekend, obviously. So starting Game One, Smith has a 3.50 ERA in his four SEC starts so far this season. Everything is pointing me to the Hogs here, but I'm going to hold off. They're below 500 on the road. Vanderbilt dominant at home, 23 and five. Minus 110 on Arkansas seems reasonable. And if you're a Hogs fan, I'd go ahead and bet that. But I have plenty of options here on this Thursday, uh, fine Thursday. So I'm going to pump the brakes on Arkansas here. Um, the next game, also 7 o'clock start. Missouri plus 115 at Auburn, minus 145. This game was a tricky one for me to handicap. Both teams are coming in off of sweeps, but they're starting pitchers with projected ERAs. Uh, they're projected pitchers. Uh, for this game, have ERAs above five. We'll get to that in a second. Mizzou is seven and twelve on the road. Auburn twenty nine and one. So twenty wins, nine losses, one tie. I know that can sound like twenty nine and one, but they're twenty dash nine dash one and ten and three on ace day. Whereas Missouri is five and eight in game ones. Uh, Chase also will make his sixth start of the season for Auburn with a 724 ERA on the season, 26 walks and 32.1 innings pitch. So the control is a little bit of a mystery for him. Uh, Chandler Murphy will start game one for Mizzou, and he has an 834 ERA in his last six appearances. Obviously, I would love an over in this game. If we get one, I'll lean towards the Tigers. I mean, a Tigers team's bound to win, right? But I think the Auburn Tiger, they'll be saying war DM Eagle after this game. Um also, 7 o'clock start. Texas A&M, minus 125 on the money line at Mississippi State, minus 105. Texas A&M is already in the SEC tournament, but they are on the NCAA tournament bubble. Mississippi State is basically dead, but with a sliver of hope, they need a sweep and some help. Uh, after their series win at LSU, uh, they, they need all of that. They need a sweep and some help after their series win against LSU to get into the SEC tournament. Um, the Aggies, they're 6-8 and eight on the road. The Bulldogs, they're only 15-12 and 12 at home, which in the grand scheme of things isn't that great. Uh, A&M, 7-6 and six on ace day. MSU, 3-10 and 10 in game ones this season. The Dogs, they've struggled to maintain a game one starter all year, and they're starting with uh, Colby uh, Colby Holcomb in game one here. He has a 771 ERA in 17 appearances this year. This is only going to be his third start all year. So I'm going to end up picking Texas A&M behind Nathan Detmer, but he's only one in three on the year with 13 starts, a 632 ERA. So I'm just staying away from this game with my money. Uh, maybe just an over, but that's uh, for that one. Um, 7 o'clock, Louisiana, plus 125 on the money line at Southern Miss, minus 155. This is another spot where I think the books may have just mispriced this on the opening line, and we have to take advantage of it. Jackson Neza, uh, I, I believe I'm saying that right. It's Neza, N-E-Z-U-H. He's the starter for Louisiana. He has a 626 ERA in his last five starts, a 681 ERA on the year with an 8-4 and four record. It's an all-right line, but when he's facing Tanner Hall, it's just – I don't think it's going to do against one of the best pitchers in the nation. Hall has a 205 ERA in his last three starts. He's 10 and three on the season with a 270 ERA, 88 strikeouts, 29 walks, and 80 innings pitched. 
The Raging Cajuns are 11 and 8 on the road and 7 and 5 on Ace Day, where Southern Miss is 10 and 3 on Tanner all day. It's rare that we see uh, a price that's not minus 200 or above on a Tanner Hall start, but uh, the Golden Eagles game one, they have a 24 and 4 home record in Scott Berry's final series at home because he's retiring this season. That's their head coach. Um, I think you got to you got to get this one while you can. Minus one fifty five on the money line for the Southern Miss Golden Eagles. Uh, also a seven o'clock start. UTSA and Louisiana Tech. They didn't list pitchers on their game write ups, and even if they did, and I did the work to handicap this game, the Road Rudders they were just swept at home by DBU. They could come out pissed off, but they could also lay down because they no longer are in the running for an NCAA tournament at large bids. They just have to win the Conference USA tournament. But, you know, UTSA is listed at minus 135. It's not terrible, but I also I want to see them after one game after that Dallas Baptist uh, series. So speaking of Dallas Baptist, Baptist, the next game that we have is them at home with Ryan Johnson on the mountain. On the bump, he's minus 315 against Western Kentucky. The Hilltoppers are 8-5 and five on ace day, whereas DBU is 11-2 and two in game ones this season. I wouldn't argue parlaying the Patriots here, but I just think they're, they're in cruise control this season. They may drop one of these games on the weekend to a surging Western Kentucky team. Um, I wrote that prior to putting together a parlay. Uh, just a spoiler alert, I do have DBU in the podcast parlay at the end of the show when I'm going to announce my entire betting card. 7.30 start time, West Virginia minus 110 on the money line at Texas minus 120. The Mountaineers just need a single win to clinch a Big 12 title, but this weekend they'll come with a little bit of turmoil as Ben Hampton, their typical game one starter, is not laid, uh, not slated to start this weekend, which leaves us questioning, hey, is there an injury here? Uh, West Virginia is whopping 19 and seven on the road this season in Texas. They're 25 and eight at home. Throw Dub V's game one record pitching wise out of the out of the picture here. However, they are 10 and three in game ones, hitting against other teams' aces as well, with the third best batting average in the Big 12, a 304 with the 933 team OPS. Texas. They're eight and five on ace days and have lost three of the last four game ones. Lucas Gordon has been phenomenal this season, five and one on the year with a 271 ERA, 20, 77 strikeouts, 27 walks, and 76.1 innings pitched. But in that four start span, he's been vulnerable with a 440 ERA. Um, Carson Etheridge will make his fifth start of the year for West Virginia. In his last start, he gave up five runs and 4.1 to Pitt. So this seems like a very nice Texas spot. You're getting Lucas Gordon, one of the better pitchers in the conference, at minus 120. Give me the Longhorns here. Um, Next game at 730 as well, Oklahoma State minus 155 on the money line at Oklahoma plus 125. Bedlam takes place in the last week of the regular season featuring the Cowboys two games behind the Big 12 regular season title chase. And Oklahoma is just trying to play spoiler while also securing their NCAA tournament spot. The Pokes are nine and six on the road. The Sooners—they're only fourteen and ten on, at home, five and eight in the first game of the series this season. Oklahoma State's nine and four on ace days. They haven't announced their Thursday starter, but I assume that it's going to be Jaron Watts Brown. 
He'll get the ball with a five and three record, a four fifty-two ERA, ninety-nine strikeouts, thirty-eight strike, uh, thirty-eight walks in sixty-seven point two innings pitched this season. But he hasn't been as good lately with a seven fifty-three ERA in his last six starts, giving up three runs, two runs to Michigan and ETSU respectively in five inning starts. Braxton Dodit will start for OU here. He's four and four on the year with a four ninety-one ERA, forty-five strikeouts, forty-eight walks. He has more walks than strikeouts, folks. Uh, that is something to behold in 66 innings pitched. The Pokes, they have the second-best batting average in the Big 12 with a 310 and a 975 team OPS. The Sooners rank sixth in average with a 286 and an 839 OPS. I'll take Oklahoma State. I think they'll be able to take advantage of an average pitcher, but I'm not going to bet it uh, at minus 155. Also, a 7.30 start time, Texas Tech, minus 250. They host Kansas, plus 200. I'm going to stay away from this game, but if you're going to do anything, I'd actually entertain a Kansas money line bet here. Uh, I think both starting pitchers are pretty equal, and Kansas has been feisty on the first game of the weekend. Uh, 8.30, we move to the Pac-12. Oregon, minus 215, travels to Utah, plus 175 on the money line, who's on the verge of missing the Pac-12 tournament, basically needing a sweep, and to also help to get into that tournament. I would wait and see how this uh, series plays out. If Utah uh, mails it in, and they're uh, if they mail it in, I'd maybe look to play Oregon throughout Game 2 and Game 3. But if they're fighting in Game 1, they put up a fight in Game 1. Uh, neither team's game's write-ups have listed starting pitchers for the series, so I just have to pass here. But if Utah is fighting, they could be interesting, uh, sitting at plus 175 or plus 200 dogs throughout the series. Moving on to a 10 o'clock start time in the Pac-12, Stanford minus 185 on the money line at Washington State plus 150. This is frustrating because neither team announced a starting pitcher for Thursday. Stanford's going to throw Quinn Matthews on Friday, according to their game preview. So if that's the case, this game's mispriced just slightly, not by a ton, but I just, they leave me to beg writers to ask questions that are coaches for the projected rotations so that they can put them in these write-ups and we can handicap them. But yeah, I just have to pass for now. Uh, Stanford seems like, you know, they're a little, they're priced a little bit too high if Quinn Matthews isn't on the mound. Uh, Because he's really the only guy that can keep them in the game, uh, pitching wise. Otherwise, their offense has to play blitzkrieg and score eight or ten runs to win a game for the trees. Another ten o'clock start on the West Coast. USC minus one hundred five on the money line at Arizona minus one twenty five. The Wildcats they're fighting for Pac twelve seeding here, and USC they're trying not to fall out of the NCAA tournament field. The Trojans. They're lowly 6, 13, and 1 on the road this season. Arizona, they're 21 and 7 at home. USC is 8 and 5 on ace days. Zona, just 5 and 1 in game ones. USC will start Blake Soderston, who's 4 and 2 with 40 strikeouts. Uh, sorry, he's 4 and 2 on the year with a 292 ERA, 66 strikeouts, 24 walks, and 61.2 innings pitched. He's been stellar uh, since moving to the SP1 spot in the weekend series with a 132 ERA in his last five starts. So uh, Blake Soderston, really good so far this year. Cameron Walty, he'll make his seventh start of the season for Arizona. He has a 454 ERA, 40 strikeouts, eight walks, and 39.2 innings pitched. Walty faltered in his last start. Um, but it was against Stanford. So they're the best offense in the West, but he was doing great before that. So, that makes me think that this is most likely like an underplay, but um, 
I would have been on USC if that trend for uh, Walty was worse in his recent performances, but it's not. So the minus 105 just isn't juicy enough with Soderston on the mound for the USC. But if if you're out there uh, hating on Arizona, <laughs> USC is not terrible at minus 105. Shout out Lane Elliott. He goes, damn, I'm late. What's up, Noah? Uh, yeah, dude, I'm late. I, I'm up at 6.38 a.m. Handicapped this on last night. Uh, 28 games for college baseball. That's postseason in the blood. <coughs> Sorry. I also just under the weather all week, so wasn't able to do a show earlier out in the week. Hammering out all 28 games uh, fully hand- handicapped for Thursday's slate of college baseball. At 10 o'clock. UCLA is minus 115 on the money line at Arizona State. Also minus 115. Just like USC, Arizona State, a West Coast baseball blue blood, is fighting to stay on the good side of the NCAA tournament bubble. And UCLA is in no man's land. They've uh, they're lost, and they've lost seven of their line seven of the last nine games. They're seven and twelve on the road. Arizona State is 19, 9, and 1 at home this season. The Sun Devils this season. Hasn't really set a game one starter consistently, but UCLA's SP1, Jake Brooks, is nowhere to be found in this weekend's projected rotation. Leaves us also questioning whether there's an injury there. Kelly Austin will start for UCLA. He's 4-4 four and four on the season with a 304 ERA, 83 strikeouts, 24 walks, and 71 innings pitched. Austin has a 609 ERA in his last two starts against Oregon State and Cal. Oregon State's offense has been getting better, but Cal's pretty below average, so his recent form hasn't been as good lately, and neither has Arizona State's Timmy Manning, who will start Thursday night. He's 1-4 on the season with a 792 ERA, 60 strikeouts, 20 walks, and 44.1 innings pitched. He's a 961 ERA in his last uh, three starts. So I'd typically be in a, on all over and over in this matchup, but UCLA's offense, it's just its so bad. It's the second-worst offense in the Pac-12. They also have a 797 OPS, so that's just poor. So... I'd be leaning towards Arizona State minus 115 on the money line in this game here. We have one game left on the slate. We've covered 27 college baseball games here uh, this early Thursday morning. It is 6.40 a.m. local time for me. Uh, What, 14 hours? No, 16 hours after I'm recording this at 10.05 Eastern. Cal plus 120 on the money line takes on Washington um, minus 150. In Seattle, Washington is pretty much set in stone as an NCAA tournament team with no chance at the Pac-12 title. So what are they truly playing for here? Uh, Cal, they're 10-12 on the road. Washington is 16-6 at home. The Golden Bears, they're 4-9 in game ones, and they are looking to make the Pac-12 tournament or trying not to be left out of the Pac-12 tournament. They just need one game to secure that spot. Um, But yeah, the Huskies, they're 8-5 on the ace day so far this year as well. Starting for Cal is Christian Bashera. He is uh, he has a 761 ERA in his last four starts uh, this season, and his season numbers are not that much better. He's two and four on the year with a 596 ERA, 50 strikeouts, 15 walks, and 51.1 innings pitched. Stu Flesland, the third, will start for UW, and he has a 460 ERA on the year with a five and two record. Uh, 
70 strikeouts, 17 walks in 73.1 innings pitch. So my game for the uh, my pick for this game is Washington on the money line. Now getting into the part where everybody has been waiting for the betting card. Um, we're going to be doing this to review uh, every podcast throughout the postseason, uh, just to you know have fun and keep track of how we're doing uh last last year i had some crazy streak on the uh first 19 podcasts of the postseason 17 of them were profitable um the easy way that i do it uh because i hate tracking bets in general i every bet that i play publicly on twitter i do it to win one unit so like i'll explain going through this betting card uh, each of these bets just to win one unit. So my first bet of the day is minus 105 Notre Dame on the money line at Boston College. That's 1.1 units to win one unit and some change. Next one, plus 140 on Kansas State money line versus TCU. This is the one that I thought was mispriced in general to start off the day. Uh, my favorite mispriced line, I guess. Um, that's 0.7 units to win a full unit. Minus 110, Tennessee on the money line at South Carolina. That's 1.1 to win one unit. Minus 125, Miami, Florida against Duke. That's 1.3 to win one in some change. Uh, Minus 155, Southern Miss money line against Louisiana. This is another one that I thought was mispriced, but if it, I I think it's going to raise. I think it's going to get a little bit higher here. I don't think it's going to be like a parlay piece that I would recommend because. Uh, Louisiana can be feisty, but it's Tanner Hall on a Friday. Give me them as a single 1.6 to win one and some change. And then my last single bet of the day is Texas on the money line, minus 120 against West Virginia, minus uh, that's 1.2 units to win one unit. And then uh, we finish with a part, a podcast parlay. Um, this podcast, it's a three legger. Usually I stick to like twos that can get me into plus money, but uh, I liked Coastal Carolina hosting Marshall the most. Uh, my second favorite parlay piece was LSU at Georgia. That one came out to like minus 160. I'm not going to give out a minus 160 money line on the show. So give me Dallas Baptist uh, hosting Western Kentucky. That all comes out to a plus 114. So put a unit or put 0.9 of a unit to win one unit, whatever you want to do. That is the podcast parlay for this show. Uh, the last regular season show of the season. So yeah, I mean, it's going to get really fun here coming up uh, throughout the rest of the year. Sam T in the chat. He goes, you got another Michigander, Michigander in here. Let's make some money. Yeah, man. Uh, done it. Most of the season. Uh, college baseball is fun because it's a really niche market. And you can catch uh, some of the bookmakers falling asleep on some of the updates. Injuries aren't reported. So if you're on top of it, uh, it can be fun and we can make a lot of money. So I'm excited because we're going to be doing daily podcasts here throughout the postseason. Um, You can follow me on Twitter at 77NB. I'll be posting all of my picks uh, on Twitter prior to game times now that we're doing daily podcasts we want the we want people to listen to the show and i'll put them out like 10 to 15 minutes before the first game starts that's how i'll do it from the future but i mean every day i've been putting them out on twitter uh labeling the units posting results at the end of the night um so yes 77 on nb on twitter you can follow the show the college experience at tc on sgpn on twitter 
um, like, leave a rate, review, subscribe to all that good stuff. Jordan Thackeray saying, hell yeah, appreciate the knowledge in the YouTube chat. Love it, guys. 6.46 a.m. <laughs> I'm just uh, finishing up. I'm going to go to bed, but I assume a lot of you guys are waking up and going to work. But I appreciate the love. Uh, we here at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network just go all in for it. I live for this stuff, so I don't really care. I'm just conditioning myself for the rest of the postseason. Uh, the first time that I've done I've done this, but you know, last season I was up to like eight in the morning posting the pod and then going to sleep, waking up like 20 minutes before the first game started at three in the afternoon. So, yeah, it's fun times. I love this shit, um, and I'm glad that you guys listen uh, and like to listen to me uh, ramble on about college baseball. So, uh, yeah, that's the card. My favorite play of the day, like my favorite lock, I should say is uh my favorite lock is let's do miami florida against duke the dog is plus 140 kansas state money line against tcu um yeah i already plugged most of everything that i need to plug trying to remember i always forget i suck at ending podcasts but uh thanks for tuning in you've been uh experiencing the better side of college baseball with the college baseball experience with that i bid you adieu adios amigos